Hello everybody and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing from our friend Liz, who spoke about the power of repetition in her ACA recovery. Please enjoy. Hi everybody, I'm Liz. Um, grateful to be here. Uh, I'm an adult child. Happy to be in this program, especially right now. <laughs> um, so I have a passage to read that hopefully isn't too long. It's um, page 155 in the Red Book and 156 and a little on 157. So I'll read it. Um, I may end up truncating it if it starts to feel too long. Um, but I thought that because it's um, the fourth month that I would tune into something about step four, um, just because it felt like something that made sense. Okay, so this section is called Reviewing Steps One, Two, and Three. Many of us begin step four by reviewing the first three steps. In step one, we realize we are powerless over the effects of family dysfunction and that our lives are unmanageable when we try to control others or get our inner needs met by outside sources. We are powerless over the survival traits we developed to live through our upbringing. However, we learn that we can fade or soften some of these common ACA behaviors over time. In step two, we learned about coming to believe. We learned that we attached our parents' traits of indifference, shame, or harshness to a higher power. We begin to separate the behavior of our parents from God in working step two. We begin to see our parents as the couple who gave us life. We also begin to see our higher power as the actual parent who will not abandon us. In step three, we learn that our compulsion to control others and ourselves blocks God's will for us, which is to live in peace with our feelings, creativity, and spirituality. We learn that real choice is God's gift to us for letting go. We learned that our attempts at choice before recovery were actually veiled Control. In step three, we learn that choice often begins by facing our denial. As we grow in the program, our decisions include true choice that progresses to discernment. We learn to be still and to know that God is God. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to stop right there instead of reading on because there was already a lot of material shared. And I find that um, sometimes the material just feels really dense. It's like this. Um, and even just in that paragraph, is it, it was just one paragraph, no, three paragraphs. There's just so much, um, that has served my recovery so much in that little section, um, that served my recovery. And, um, I guess in addition, you know, the things that were already read, just the, um, laundry list and the um, solution, um, those are just so huge for me. And I guess what, what I've been thinking about um, 
kind of related to finding a tool or um, what has served my recovery is really something that kind of goes unnamed in um, program, but that I find particularly effective, which is repetition. Um, like as in repeating the same content over and over and over again um, and how the literature and the steps and the solution and all of this verbal content that we are constantly reading and rereading um, and really never kind of abandoning or putting down, you know, it's always there, it's always part of recovery. Um, there's just something incredible about the repetition of content. Um, and also, I'm sorry, this is kind of cerebral, but that's just how I am. Um, just that idea that like words put together can sound incredibly different at different times, depending on what state I'm in. And there are words put together in the literature of program of ACA that sometimes I don't see at all. I glaze over them. And other times I read that same paragraph or passage or sentence or phrase, and it's like, bam, like everything I need to hear at that moment. And so I just um, feel really appreciative of the way that um, it doesn't get old, you know? Sorry? Nothing. Um, it, it just doesn't get old. Like this information, I never, I mean, there are moments when I, when I'm like, try to try to read program literature, maybe I'm having a hard time and I'm like, I'm going to just read some stuff to uh, see if it can make me calm me down or whatever. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to read about my childhood or, ah, you know, like rebellious against the, the resource that the literature is, you know, I'd rather just feel bad right now. I just want to feel bad or that's not resonating for me right now. But the cool thing is that maybe there's another piece of literature that is resonant or, or maybe there's, there's, there are words put together from program that I've internalized that work in the times that reading doesn't. Like the slogans, you know, those, the, and, and this isn't just for this program, but I think in general and probably many many people on this call can relate to like, like how many slogans have we internalized over the years that just come as reflexes, you know? And I mean, I live my life now by these, these repeated phrases and they have become quote mantras in my kind of, um, uh, you know, every day, like really um, reassuring groups of words that change the way I behave, change the way I think, change the way I treat other people. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the kind of key things within the tool of literature and the tool of working the steps and the tool, like all, all these different things 
that I do to work my program and I anyway I don't I don't know um like I don't work a good program in a way like I don't you know I'm slow with the steps and I, I'm not going to get into the narrative around good or bad working a program any further than to say like I wish I did more writing like I know how effective that is um, in my recovery and I don't do it the way I want to. And, um, I do think during this weird time we're in that it may be something that I get to more. I did a little writing, um, to prepare for this. I thought I would like write my whole thing and then read it, but I didn't, I did read, I did write a little bit that I wanted to just share, um, and this is part of a daily practice that is also internalized, but sometimes I put down on paper. So I'm just gonna read it. Today, I'm grateful for my health, my family, and for their health, for my higher power. And I'm grateful for the strength and sanity and serenity I am able to access during this unprecedented time where everything feels and is completely uncertain, unclear, and downright scary and strange. Everything that before I was accustomed to and expected are now things I feel tremendous appreciation for in a way that sort of brings me to tears and to my knees sometimes. Um, just That's just simple gratitude. And um, just to go back to what I read and the density of like all of the resources within those three paragraphs and like how impactful these these steps are this thing really stuck out to me in step three we learned that our compulsion to control others and ourselves blocks god's will for us which is to live in peace with our feelings creativity and spirituality did someone say time um, no you have five six minutes oh cool okay thanks cindy i i just hear these random sounds i'm like what you're the timekeeper. Anyway, um, again, in step three, we learned that our compulsion to control others and ourselves blocks God's will for us, which is to live in peace with our feelings, creativity, and spirituality. I mean, that's like, it kind of says it all. Like, it's all I want. It's all I want is to live in peace with my feelings my creativity and my spirituality. I mean, sure, I want more than that for others and, uh, you know, but at the core, and, and this has been something I've carried along. It's actually, you know, something I always wished I had pre-program, which was like, you know, over seven years ago is when I, when I wasn't in program. So now I see my life like before program and in program. But I remember just saying like, all I really want is inner peace. I never said like, I want a big house or I want you know, material things. It's just, I want inner peace because if I have that, then I can kind of deal with anything, right? And I, so I don't feel like I have all the tools I need um, to be, like serene all the time and 
nor do I think that will ever happen. And do I even really need that? I don't know. But I do know that I am able to access inner peace and serenity and live in peace with my feelings, my creativity, and my spirituality through working this program and others. Um, and that if I stop trying to control others and myself, then I will get out, then I will, what does it say? If I won't be blocking God's will for me. Hmm. Like I, and I mean, right now in this weird time, I'm like, is this God's will for us? Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of narrative about like, oh, this is the only way that we could stop the madness, right? For everybody to stop. And, you know, I don't want to get into the bigger picture politics and all of that, but I do, you know, spiritually wonder like, what is at play here? Um, and we do have a lot of time to soul search and, you know, there's less distractions and like being so internal inside, literally, um, there, I, I'm coming up with a lot of questions, but then also having moments of like wanting to numb out, you know, and doing the TV and the art and, you know, in a way that is like completely escapist, but it also feels really good. Um, and I want it to be okay. I want to be okay with all of this. Um, what I'm not talking about that has been like the biggest challenge for me in this whole mess that we're in right now is stuff that's tied to my family history, which is that I'm co-parenting right now with my ex in this weird kind of lockdown way that is very, very, very hard. And um, it's stirring up a lot of my, my ACA stuff. Um, and my co-parent and my child are, have a dynamic that is very uncomfortable for me. They bicker like all the time and it's, it's, I can't tolerate it. And it reminds me, it scares me actually, like that level of family strife reminds me of when I was a kid and there was like discord in my house at all times. And that it's really painful. Like I don't, I don't roll that way. I can't have that kind of environment in my safe space. Like I, I'm an adult now and I don't, I don't have to have that. And now I'm, I'm in this weird zone, but through my, thank you. Like I really feel like my higher power came in and gave me this incredible gift that I am literally on my knees and in tears about, which is that a friend went away and now I can go over to that house and be by myself for periods of time and get away from the scene that's making things really hard right now. And so rather than trying to control both of those people and make them be a way that they're not when they're together, I'm removing myself instead of fighting them on it. I am removing myself instead of trying to change them 
And there were little moments where I was trying. And then I was like, this, this, uh, there's no point in this. I just have to like get away from this rather than judge it, rather than trying to change it. It's, thank you. So <sighs> tremendous gratitude for you all for these Zoom meetings. I mean, whatever, you know, how we gather, it's so essential right now. And I really um, am so happy to, to have this. And I look forward to hearing your shares. Thank you.